Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Welcome, everyone. Uh, Wherever you are listening, whenever you are listening, thank you so much for being here. Um, These podcasts are available on iTunes and another site that I can't remember right now. Uh, for free. So please check those out. And um, if you get something valuable, uh, maybe you can tell your friends where they can access them for free as well. Okay, the greater reality. Uh, just, you, you know, this is sort of uh, maybe uh, homework for this week. Every week we try to give you a little something to think about and, and chew on and dream about and a logic, and every, every other angle you can come at it, we try to give you a little something to practically apply, and we try to give you something to make your life a little better this week, and maybe, maybe, every once in a while even, long-term for the rest of your life. So today, the greater reality. Um, as you go through the week, And you're meditating, you're taking a walk, uh, which, uh, and you know, I'm assuming you're doing that, but I know so many people who don't, and I didn't for years. And let me tell you, just taking a little bit of time every single day, uh, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, to go for a little walk, go get off by yourself for a while and pray or meditate, listen to soothing music, uh, something like that where you're not on any agenda, you're not watching TV, you're not sleeping, you're, you're meditating, you're praying, you're, you're kind of tapping into the spiritual realm for a few minutes, is so important. And, and uh, you probably won't know how important it is until you do it. And once you do it, I think it will add so much to your life that you won't ever want to be without that component of your life again because it really changes everything. So this week as you're doing that, or let's say trying that, think about that. What is the greatest reality? And so if I were to ask you, if you were in my office and I were to ask you, hey, Johanna, hey, John, hey, Mary, do you want to live by the greatest reality or the lesser reality? Or do you want to live by the greatest reality or by a fake reality? What would you say? Well, it's kind of a silly question. Everybody would say, no, I want to live by the greater reality. I want to live by the thing that is most true, the thing that is most valuable, the thing that is most relevant to my situation. And that greater reality may change with each thing that you do. Um, what, is, what is real is defined by Webster as actually existing as a thing 
or occurring in fact, not just imagined or supposed. So, uh, the way I've taught this in the past is it's all about your beliefs. You always do what you believe, 100% of the time. But science is just pouring out, telling us that our beliefs are wrong all the time. Our beliefs are interpretations of our memories. Without your memories, you couldn't tie your shoes, you couldn't brush your teeth, you couldn't take a shower, you couldn't wash your clothes, because in those memories are the instructions for how to do everything, right? A child learns how to walk by failing to walk a thousand times. But through those thousand times, they learn. So one memory builds on another and on another and on another, along with the muscles in their legs and how balance feels, how falling feels, uh, what they felt like they did wrong the previous 999 times, even if they don't really think of it that way because they're not to that age yet. And then on the thousandth time, they walk. If you take away those memories, and very possibly even if you took just the last one away, the 999th one, they would not be able to walk. Because they have to learn all of that stuff before actually successfully walking. Alright? So you take away the memories and you can't do anything. So we always do what, I, what we believe, but our beliefs are interpretations of our memories. And we can have conflicting memories. We can have one memory that says the Democrats are right and another memory that says the Republicans are right. Personally, I think they're both wrong. But you can have both of those memories. You can have a memory that says it's wrong to steal, but another memory that says... Yeah, but even though it's wrong to steal, I'm going to steal right now because of this. And it's a rationalization, yeah. But that information comes from your memories. Now, some of those memories you don't even know you have. They're generational. But you couldn't have the thought if it didn't come from your memories somehow, some way along with your ability to create new memories using what is called your image maker. Alright? I don't say imagination because it's a very different function. Daydreaming and image making are two totally different things even though it uses some of the same internal equipment. Daydreaming is laying there thinking about being the starting quarterback for the Super Bowl winning team, which I used to do a lot of that kind of image making. I'm sorry, imagining. Image making would be sitting down at a table and creating the blueprint for a new building to be built downtown. Architecture. Alright, that's not imagining, but it's using some of the same equipment. So, you always do what you believe. Your beliefs are dependent on your memories and your memories and beliefs very often have errors in them. Let me give you a couple examples from my life. A few years ago, actually I think this was about, oh, 14 years ago now, best guess, that may not be exactly correct, I was conned. 
literally, big time. This guy contacted me and said he was a billionaire from Europe. And his family had old money. Uh, he was also, he said, a psychologist who had written uh, two or three different books. He actually sent me one of the books that had his name on it, supposedly. All right. And he told me that he was so intrigued with the healing code and wanted to get it in everyone's hands all over the world. And he didn't care about making money. He already had more money than he could ever spend. He was looking at it as a, a way to give to society. So he was willing to fund getting the healing codes out accessible to every person in the world in a really high-quality way. And as part of that, he was going to start funding healing code, I'm not sure what you would call it, seminars and workshops in Las Vegas. And his idea was that, you know, you've got all these people coming to Las Vegas, and for a lot of them, it's for a negative reason. It's to do things that they know they shouldn't be doing. You know, what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, a lot of that stuff that happens in Vegas and stays there is stuff that never should have happened. At, at least that would be the case if the family knew what the person was doing or friends or even they would feel guilty. Now, that's not true of everything. A lot of good stuff in Vegas, too. I've been there and seen some really good shows that we enjoyed. Nothing wrong with that, okay? But his point was, let's do something really positive in Vegas where people can come to this thing and start down a path of spirituality that changes their life, and they're already here, okay? We'll make it free or, or really cheap or whatever, and we'll have like a built-in audience because all these new tourists are coming in constantly. And so uh, I thought I had checked him out and everything was great and, and you know, hoping I prayed about it. And uh, Hope actually had some red flags, but I was just so excited. And so we literally moved to Las Vegas for a very short period of time, about six weeks. We were looking for a house, uh, renting a place temporarily, took a big U-Haul out there behind our truck, the whole nine yards. Turns out the guy was a con man. In fact, the Las Vegas police that ended up catching him along with the FBI later said, Las Vegas is the biggest city in the world for con men and this is the best con man we have ever seen. He had, he had documentation, he had references, he had... Anyway, looking back on it after it happened, and so I came back to Nashville, Tennessee, kind of with my tail between my legs, feeling very foolish and humiliated and guilty. We had pretty much shut the company down in order to do this. And, you know, we, I, I was wondering, are we going to go bankrupt now? You know, all that sort of thing. But looking back on it, I had red flags about it. I had a feeling about it. 
But I went against that feeling because I wanted it so bad. I could taste it. I could touch it. I could smell it. It was like the fulfillment of this huge dream for me. And it's happening. And when I got a taste of that, I didn't want anything to interfere with it. But it wasn't real. What I've taught is there's three kind of beliefs. There's a nocebo belief, a placebo belief, and a de facto belief. And all of them cause a shift inside us. And all of them can do stuff. Placebo is believing a positive lie. Meaning, you're believing something positive, but it's not real. A nocebo is believing something negative, but it's not real. Like, I have this sickness, and this antibiotic won't work for me, even though it, in reality, could work perfectly for me, but my belief that it won't work literally keeps it from working which is absolutely how it happens. And Dr. Ben Johnson said he sees that all the time. The perfect medication, if the person believes it won't work, it won't work. Dr. Bruce Lipton, who is absolutely brilliant. Um, I've done a joint program with him. He was one of the endorsers of The Healing Code. Has a wonderful book called The Honeymoon Effect. And he tells a story in The Honeymoon Effect about... That, that everything inside us boils down to energy. That's what E equals MC squared means, which means everything boils down to a vibration. And the way the brain communicates with the heart and the lungs and the legs and the muscles, and when I think walk, it causes my legs and feet to start moving and that sort of thing, is by signals, and those signals are in the form of a vibration, very similar to sending somebody a text on your smartphone, only it's much more advanced than that inside the human body and mind. But we work on vibration, and Dr. Lipton was talking about a situation where there was uh, a neighbor of his who he just didn't like. And he had this feeling, this is not a good guy. I can't trust him. Every time he saw him, he would like duck into his house. He didn't want to have to talk to him and just was always leery of this guy. He didn't know why. He didn't have any facts for that. But then Dr. Lipton was moving and this guy was just incredibly nice and kind and helpful helped him pack and didn't want any money for it and helped him with all kinds of things and it was just seemed so nice and kind and so Dr. Lipton was feeling guilty like man I've judged this guy so wrong how did I get that so wrong and he felt bad about it well then he moved and he had some very expensive photographic equipment he he loves to do photography that was going to be sent to his new place after he moved and this neighbor who had been so nice was going to take it to the post office for him and make sure it was mailed in you know a really safe way you got to be real careful with that sensitive kind of stuff well to make a long story short he ripped Dr. Lipton off <laughs> 
that was why he was being so nice. He had a plan to steal all of his photographic equipment, and he did. And so Dr. Lipton's point was, I knew it. I had this vibration. I had this thing that was telling me the truth, the reality about this situation, but I didn't listen to it. And in the Honeymoon Effect book, Dr. Lipton tells the physiology, biology behind that kind of vibrational signal of our conscience and heart that is right. Even though our memories and our beliefs are frequently wrong, that vibration, that signal from our conscience is always right. Only very few of us listen to it. Well, you might say that signal, that vibration is leading and guiding us to the greater reality. My son Harry, who's uh, 26 and is a uh, budding writer, gave me the idea for this greater reality thing not too long ago. And here's what Harry said about it. The greater reality is God's perspective on that issue. It's God's perspective about that thing. And the only so the only way you can live in find or do the greater reality for your overall life as a spouse, as a parent, as a business owner, about this particular decision about your business, the only way you can do the greater reality thing is to access God's perspective about that thing. Now, if you don't believe in God or the word God offends you, think love. The only way to live in the greater reality, the only way to know what the greater reality course of action is about any given thing is to access love's perspective about that thing. Love's way. The only way to do that is to get out of two things. Well, three things, three things. Number one, you have to get out of I want. That is what got me on the Vegas thing. Number two, you have to get out of what you're afraid of. That, that it comes from fear and it will skew your thinking. It will skew your decision-making. Just and, and What I was afraid of on the Vegas thing was not having this opportunity again that was kind of my dream. This thing kind of dropped into my lap, and all of a sudden, I'm afraid of losing it if I let go of this guy and this opportunity. Now, it wasn't real in the first place, but I wanted it so bad that I became afraid of losing that. And number three, you have, to get, you have to get out of your 
fear-based, nocebo or placebo programming, which means you have to find those beliefs in you that are in error, even though you believe them. Now, the ones that are from your ancestry, you may not be able to specifically find, but you can still heal that with prayer, with the codes, with uh, the master key, and, and a number of wonderful things that are out there. So those are the three. The only way to get to the greater reality, which is God's perspective or, or the way of love, Number one, you've got to get out of I want. Number two, you've got to get out of I'm afraid of. Number three, you've got to get out of your nocebo or placebo beliefs and programming. Unless you do all three of those, it's not just one, it's all three. Unless you do all three of those, you will be living in a lesser reality which means a lesser life, lesser health, lesser happiness, everything you can mention. And I lived in that lesser reality for the first 26 years of my life. And I would never, 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 in the words of Winston Churchill, go back. Where are you? That's what I would recommend you take stock of this week. If you are living in a lesser reality, and how do you tell that? Well, first of all, what results are you getting? Are you in love, joy, peace, improving health, happiness, whatever? Second way is those three things. Are you living by I want? Are you living by I'm afraid of? Are you living by your erroneous programming and beliefs. If so, the only way to get the life you want is not to get more stuff, it's not to become famous, it's not to accomplish some great thing, it's to start living by God's perspective, love's perspective. I cannot, <laughs> if you were here in my office, I would get down on my knees and beg you, please, stop everything. Start living by God's perspective on your life, on, on your important decisions, by love's way for whatever and everything that you're doing. Have a great week.